Okay. Hello, Doc. So we are here today for episode six. Yes, Prof. Wow. We have come halfway through the whole thing. Exactly. Next episode. Wow. That's there's quite still a, a lot. lot. Yes. And, and even now, I think you have already covered a lot and shared a lot with us. And there's a lot more coming. I Imagine thought. we've got six more episodes, so we've got a lot more coming uh, to talk about uh, this this document. So that's really, 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 this document is yeah. really something. You are listening to Security Lab Podcast, Season 3. Yeah. Now, for this round, we will talk about the first three clauses of the ISO documentation. Clause 1, 2, and 3. Now, first tell us, what is Clause 1 about? Okay, so before I get even into Clause 1, so mm. if you notice that uh, the first page is usually the cover page that talks to you about what standard it is, what year reference and all that. Page right. 2 will tell you that it's a copyrighted document. So, you know, basically mm. saying that don't mm. just copy and send it to people around you. Page 3 talks about your table of contents. Um, what are the sections within these documents? So you will find 10 clauses in total, and you'll have Annex A and then a bibliography. So the important parts of the document is the clauses and Annex A, right? So then you have okay. a simple forward that talks about what the document is, what is ISO is, IEC patterns, and all that that covers about uh, what this whole document is about, right? Um, and then you have an introduction that talks about, you know, what is the essence or the objective of why these documents came about, what should it be used for, and all that. Um, it even goes into a bit of a, what other management systems that it covers. So, for example, uh, some time ago, we used to have risk management as part of the 27,000 series. Today, what has happened is that that document has been deprecated, and we now refer to ISO 31000 specifically on risk management. So it's no longer a subset document of ISO 27000, but it is a standard of its own. So this is where it tells you, and this is still all in the introductory section. Yeah. Now let's go into one, which is about the information security, cybersecurity, and privacy protection. Now it's interesting that I note that the title says, Information security and cybersecurity, mm. right? Yeah. So to me, I've always had this conundrum in my head. How do I cover this area of security in totality? Some says, oh, you say cybersecurity, good enough. Some says, oh, you say information security or IT security. Yeah, it's everything, everything IT. Right? Mm -hmm. So I've always had this confusion. Prof, maybe you can help me enlighten. So what do you think the term should be? As in? You know, should it be information security? Should it be IT security? Should it be cyber security? What's the umbrella term that you think will cover everything? I can't think of any. I think this is good. It is good enough as it is. 
Okay. Because uh, I don't know, maybe I'm not too exposed to what they have here. But information security um, is very specific. There is a purpose why they talk about more on protecting the information, the data, and then cybersecurity is anything and everything that happens in the cyberspace. Privacy is a different aspect to it. Privacy, yes. but yeah. So. I don't know. I can't think of any umbrella term for all of this. Mm. Maybe, maybe you you can tell me what you think, and then probably would ring a bell. I don't know. I I I, I have some some terms in my head, but I've not <laughs> really thought it through. But to be honest, you know, yeah. I mean, we talk about it. That's why sometimes when you say cybersecurity, I notice people have different different uh, blinkers into how. Cybersecurity looks like, or oh, this doesn't cover cybersecurity, or this covers only IT security. You know, I mean, there's a clear demarcation between information security and physical security. We know that. Yes. But when it comes to information security, cybersecurity, honestly, I'm I'm still trying to grasp my way around it. Okay. I think it's it's more about whether they are they overlap or is one a subset of the other. Oh, I think if you look at a, like a Venn diagram, then you have everyone mm-hmm. overlapping each other and you have areas yeah. that's specific to, to the rest of them. Yeah, like it's like, you know, the question is, would everything and anything about information security also a kind of cyber security? If yes, then it implies that everything would be, would happen in the cyber space. If no, then clearly there is an overlap. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So now let's jump into the document. So the first clause talks about the scope. Now the scope is not about the scope of the organization, but mm-hmm. the scope of this document. Now this document specifically talks about establishing, implementing, maintaining information security management system and continually improving it within the context of an organization. So whichever organization uh, is going to adopt the standards. So this requirement talks to you about that. It also includes requirements for assessing and treating information security risk based on the needs of the organization. And they specifically put that to the needs of the organization. Mm, that's very clear. That, the business objectives would come first. So like what I mentioned uh, in some of the other previous episodes, mm. if you're earning $1, you can't be spending one thousand to buy a firewall, right? Yes. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Seriously, it doesn't make sense, right? Yes, you today need a firewall. That that I agree. But there are many ways of having that kind of functionality. So, you know, you you have to be a bit realistic about what you want to do, and not just get hung up to say, oh, this is what the requirement is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now they also specifically say this: the requirements in these documents are generic. So remember, Prof, we had this debate about whether it's too prescriptive or not. Mm, now, yes. ISO themselves have now said this is generic. And, it, and it's intended to be applicable to whatever size, uh, type, or nature of organizations. That means it's flexible, right? Mm-hmm. That's why in, in one of the exercises uh, that you implement ISO, you have a document called Statement of Applicability. So what this statement of applicability does is list down the controls that is applicable and also list down controls that are not applicable. 
So mm. the controls are not applicable. You have to specify. So then you don't get assessed for the controls that is not applicable to you. Yes. Right? And, and that's why in one of our earlier episodes, you did talk about, when you talk about the changes, one of the changes is we now, we now need to um, implement something that's tailored to the needs and expectations. Otherwise, oh. there's no point doing it. Oh, by the way, I have to yeah. say this caveat. Mm-hmm. The controls that I say you can exclude is in Annex A, Clause okay. 4 to Clause 10 is mandatory. Oh, okay. So let me repeat this. Clause 4 to Clause 10 is mandatory. You cannot mm. exclude it. Controls right. in Annex A, you have the option of excluding it. Okay. That's all. Right, so we have to get that clear because otherwise, then everybody's going to say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you know." So this also okay. tells you that the mandatory, the mandatory part of the document starts okay. from clause four onwards. Enjoying the show so far? Subscribe now so that you don't miss out on the latest episode. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Visit podcast.securitylaw.asia to get the links to subscribe. So clause 1, 2, and 3, whatever we're going to discuss today, is not mandatory. It's just descriptive. It just describes what the document is, what is it, and all that, right? Mm. So that's to tell you the scope of the document. Clause 2 talks about normative references. So normative references, the word normative basically means that these are mandatory references right now what are the requirements for you to say that you meet this document okay so that's what section two talks about so there are references uh that is made by this document there are references that this document makes to so in the event if you are making any uh reference to this particular document then you must specifically say ISO, IEC 27000, uh, information technology, security techniques, information security management systems, overview and vocabulary. So that's the section that you would refer to. Even if you have doubts about any of the terminologies uh, that you need to refer to. Mm-hmm. Right? Very short, very simple, very easy to understand. The next one, clause three, mm-hmm. talks about the terms and the definition that the ISO 27001 applies. So there's a lot of words that are used within the ISO 27001. Mm-hmm. And ISO and IC maintains a terminology database. So that if you find a word that you don't understand that's written in the document, you can go to the ISO online browsing platform, which is in www.iso.org OBP, or you can go to the IEC Electropedia's website, which is at www.electropedia.org. So these are the two sites where I just say, if you don't know what a term means, if you think the term is vague, then you can go into these either one of these websites, punch in the, the keyword that you want to know, and they will give you the definition of what that keyword means. This is to ensure that there will not be any debate I remember in one of the previous episodes, we were talking about how I was in a meeting and we debated the meaning of a keyword for about one hour. Mm-hmm. This is exactly okay. 
to solve that problem. Right. Right. <laughs> we don't want people to go on debating about what ISO standards are. We debated for years. Trust me, we debated for years just to make sure that the standards are solid and it's applicable. So being one of the ISO editors and, and, and members in the working group, I can tell you the amount of debate we have around keywords is exhaustive and ex exasperative at times. So we've done all that thinking and brain cracking for you guys. So you don't have to have this. Just go to this either one of these two websites and you're good to go. Right. So it's as simple as that. Now, this is uh, this these episodes after this we are going to look into the documents part by part, all right? So in some of the parts, you'll find that there's really nothing much that we're gonna go through. It's a very simple, very easy to understand. Uh, and, and for example, in this uh, clause one to three, it's not mandatory, it's more informative if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Where the real work starts is clause four onwards. Like, like what I mentioned earlier, clause four to clause 10 is mandatory. You can right. exclude it. Annex A controls, you have an opportunity to exclude it. So in this section, we've just covered clause one to clause three. In the next episode, we will do the next section by section and we will go into detail. So you'll see a lot more discussion happening about what these clauses mean, what are the expectations of the clauses and give you a hint about, say, if you're looking at implementing this, what is it that you need to know and to have for you to start implementing it in your organization? So this episode is short, sweet. You know, I think by the time you start this episode and you start your gear and buy the first <laughs> one or two traffic lights, it's done, right? So it's just a simple episode for you guys to just, you know, get into the gear of going into the episodes, right? Right. But even then, the first three clauses are informative and very nice to know. That yes. will give you an idea and a lot of definitions if you study the look into the three clauses and how to move forward to the mandatory clauses. I'm sure they won't look at it initially. It's only when they start <laughs> going into implementation and be like, hey, I should use this word. What does the word actually mean? Okay. Well, at least you can have it side by side and do a comparison then. Um, um, a reference, a reference. Yeah. You can, you can, and, mm. and that's how it should be. So at least, you know, if anyone asks you, ah, ISO defines this term as this. So then there's no issue. That's why, like, for example, I like IETF RFC because you know why? Should, shall, must is all <laughs> clearly defined. And, and I love using that, that, that chunk when I write document, you know, then it's mm. it, should it be should, should it be shall? Right? So when you're writing policy documents uh, or you're writing standards like this, we have very detailed description of what words we need to use. And the same thing, like shall or should, must, you know, so that the so that if a requirement is mandatory, then what word should it be? If a requirement is optional, what word should it be? And if you look at it, the consistency of the language used throughout the document is at par. Mm. Okay. But these are because these are often overlooked areas of any documentation, and that is why you have problems in organizations Correct. because they don't standardize mm. some some of the basic things. That, for example, how policy documents should be managed. There's no policy on policies, right? How often should it be reviewed? 
right? There's no terminology list or there is no verbatim about the language that's supposed to be used in a policy. Do I use shall? Do I use should? Do I use must? Mm. You know? So the easiest way is, you know, I, I use IETF, RFC. If I go into an organization, they ask me to write a policy. The first thing I will do is just pick up the whole section from ITF RFC, and I will say all the terminologies uh, that is used shall comply to this. Finish. Because I'm using shall, so shall. Finish. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to know, they just go back. The ITF RFC number is there. You just go quickly, just Google RFC, blah, 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 and you get the document, and it's all well written. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can actually use it. Right. Or even ISO has similar documents uh, that would tell you uh, whether, you know, how to write the documents, what kind of language, and it's freely available. This one, you don't have to pay, right? Yeah. This one is free. You can download it from the website. It tells you how to be an editor, what's the processes. The whole works is free for you to download and find out. And not only that, knowing this is good for all forms of writing. Yes, definitely. So if, especially if you're doing technical writing, especially if you're doing policy writing. Now, yeah. this would come really, really, really in Okay, then. So until we meet again for the next episode. Yes, so we will talk to about the other clauses as well as Annex A. So keep tuned. You're going to hear more about ISO 27000. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Security Lab. Make sure to visit our website at securitylab.asia where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. 